This is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steve. I'm John. And today we're talking about The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. Smaug. Yep. And the, and the intro is like amazing because of Benedict's voice. Yeah, he like, blew his vocal cords multiple times doing this. Oh, really? Yeah, like he, <laughs> and he the there'd be studio? bleeding and stuff. Oh, like, wow. He would go that far into it. Wow. Like, he was having himself a good time. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I don't even know how you would do that or how you could do it. Or, I mean, the dude's super talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's he wasn't famous yet. I mean, he was known because of the Sherlock, same thing as Martin Freeman. Yeah. Uh, which Freeman was known before that, too, but he wasn't, you know, because he, he was in the original office. He was uh, in the, yeah, the original UK office, yeah. Uh, and the many Gervais other things. Office. Yeah. So you know he he's in um, Hot Fuzz with um, uh, he's with, in a uh, couple Frost scenes. Yeah, he's in a couple scenes. Anyway, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. yeah, if I remember right, yeah. yeah, I think he's in. Yeah, well, he's also in um, the other one where the 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 end of the world one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, with Peg and Frost, I forget the name of it. It's where they go to the bars. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, you know, they, they have it. But anyway, what are we ding- drinking today, John? Uh, so this is Not Your Father's Root Beer. Uh, and the, what's, this is made by Small Town Brewery. Um, 5.9% alcohol. And it's basically, it's it's kind of like a, I don't know, would you say it's like a Barks Root Beer? Yeah, kind of yeah, like, like barks because it has a little bite. Yeah, <laughs> you know, barks has bite. Roof, roof, yeah, roof. roof. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a dark spiced ale with vanilla and honey notes. Um, and it, yeah, basically, it, it tastes exactly like a root beer. Best served chilled or poured in a glass over ice. Um, or over your chest, so you can rub it onto your body. You know. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> how we drink it. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it's five point nine percent. If you want a really good flavor beer to drink, may maybe if you're not like a big drinker either, and you just want to kind of have something to taste good while you're at a party, take these. Or if you are a drinker, get like a case of these and just have fun. You know, have fun because they will. I, yeah. They will do the job. 
um, and they have a really good taste. You won't really taste any alcohol at all. It just legit tastes like you're drinking a root beer. Yeah. It does. You don't really even taste the alcohol. That's why I, I always would give it like a three out of three because yeah, it's, absolutely. it's basically just, it's just a root beer with some alcohol. It's, uh, it's extremely good. And yeah. small town brewery, they have a bunch of little like flavored beers like that. Cause there's a, there's a rhubarb pie one, which I want to try. Uh, the one that I have tried before I've actually bought myself was the, uh, not your father's mountain ale. Right. And it is exactly like a Mountain Dew, but it's like, it's like, it's an alcoholic Mountain Dew and it's not a soda. So it doesn't have the carbonated stuff and that kind of stuff, but it, it, it tastes citrusy like a Mountain Dew. So it's like, they have this weird thing where it's like their stuff that tastes like sodas, but it's not, it's actually alcohol. Right, because, I mean, it says on the (laughs) top of the bottle, unique ingredients with an unmistakable taste of nostalgia. Right. Uh, So they they definitely, you know, kind of are 90s kids. You know, this is for them uh, because there's a generation of root beer. Right, yeah. And other great sodas. Yeah, A&W root beer floats. Yeah. Best shit ever. <laughs> when are they going to come out with a RC Cola? Not your father's RC Cola. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's getting sued. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, RC Cola is probably like, hey, we appreciate it. Yeah. We, we we're, appreciate we're, we're, we're dragging ass around we're, here. We're getting our ass kicked by Sam's Cola right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting our ass beat by Czech. So. Yeah, Czech is killing <laughs> us. <laughs> the fucking Win Dixie soda. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of check, we want our check check. Check check. Yeah, we're saying you're winning at something. Yeah. I don't even know how many Win Dixies are open anymore. Yeah, not that many. They've been closing down. Like seven. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're shutting down like Starbucks. Right. Um, or GameStops. Oh. Uh, but yeah. suck GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> how are you gonna give me two dollars for a fucking game and you're gonna sell the shit for fifty like after I leave the store? Fuck you. Anyway, um, but we're not here to talk about GameStop. How's Madden 18 worth $3 after Madden 19 comes by? And then if I go to go buy Madden 18 in your store, it's $25. Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> oh, man. Of all these flavors we have around us, you chose to be salty. <laughs> I hate that term. <laughs> yeah, salty, yeah. That's the worst term uh, ever made. That's the this problem. is the generation that's going to take over. Yeah, these these people yeah. come up with phrases like salty. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with salty. <laughs> Pretzels are salty. You need to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, fucking generation of people that hate salted pretzels. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, since we've already got into a little bit of hate, uh, we're talking about the the desolation of Smaug, and man, people have a whole kinds of problems with this movie. Um, but I, I, th- I think for for this movie in particular, because this is one of the things that we we had when we were doing the Star Wars trilogy last year, and then we also have our Matrix trilogy, which I need uh, I, I need to make sure we we make available again because I have all the Matrix episodes um, that should be all ready to go. I think I've already done all the work for that. Yeah, I mean we watched those movies on laser disc to get y'all all the right information. <laughs> Nobody uses laser disc. <laughs> um, the tech still holds up. Right, yeah. It's still valuable. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth nothing. I think you bought a couple of, um, of those, uh, what, what do we call them now? Um, 
Uh, drink coasters. Drink coasters. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're <laughs> giant drink coasters. <laughs> it's like, dude, I got a laser disc of Conan the Barbarian. Shit's awesome. It's, it's like, like, sweet. Let me put my beer on it. Yeah, let me put my beer on it. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, what, what would you think about Arnold? It's like uh, that version of it was was crap. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do it, get it on DVD or Blu-ray or something, <laughs> you know. Jesus. Anyway. On DVD. <laughs> on DVD. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> so the thing about like doing these trilogies like this is that you have, especially like when it came to like Star Wars Episode One, people at the time dug it and they thought it was cool. They and did. then And then all of a sudden everybody started to turn on it because they had problems with, you know, Episode One. So the problem that you have with the the Hobbit movies in particular is that people, some people didn't like the idea that they turned into three movies in the, in the very beginning. Like they just were against that idea. I wish it was six movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you count the Lord of the Rings with this, it is technically six movies, but it doesn't 12 movies. Yeah. I mean, uh, or it could be one giant ass series on Amazon. So billion uh, dollars, right? Billion worth it. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about this movie is that if you were already butthurt and you were very pissed off about stuff that happened in Unexpected Journey, you're either going to be super pissed now or you're going to get enough hope in this movie that you can make it to the third one. So it's some people were like when I was going through the comments, they were like, well, th- I didn't really like this one either, but I- I'll watch the third one just to see how the story ends. And it's like, OK, but you still gave it like a one star review. So, do you really hate it? And at this point, it's like you're just posting shit like that. If you're gonna watch the next one, you didn't hate it. You didn't hate it. It might not have been what you thought it was supposed to, what you thought it was supposed to be. But it's like some people are like, "Well, I'll watch the third one and see how it ends, and then I'll I'll judge them as a whole trilogy." I watched one Transformers movie, and I knew that wasn't for me. Right? Yeah. I didn't go online and bitch about it. I just didn't watch any more of them. Yeah. Because you know what really speaks volumes? A wallet. If you yes. don't put money into something, it hopefully will go away. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Michael Bay is a virus. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh. <laughs> He's basically a, a walking virus. Maybe that's what we, we instead of worrying about the zombie apocalypse, we need to worry about the Bay apocalypse. I think he's going to cause the zombie apocalypse. Maybe. Because, I mean, we're beyond the, beyond the hate, but it's like nothing close to the actual story and it's there's no plot yeah at all i mean some people like say that like these movies are just nothing but action and it's just nothing but special effects and action but it's like there actually is a story here there's a, a very large story that they're telling here in these hobbit movies you know there's actually several different stories because you have the story of the necromancer and the and the, you know the the orcs gaining strength because they have the necromancer behind them and all these creatures are going fucking crazy. And then you have the the stuff with the dwarves trying to reclaim the mountain and they want to take Erebor back. Erebor. And then, you know, and then you also have these other things going on, especially once we get to the next movie and you have, you know, these different, uh, these different groups all trying to deal with it because, you know, then you have the Mirkwood elves and all these different armies that are trying to get involved to stop this shit from happening. And Orlando Bloom did all of his own stunts. <laughs> all of them. That's because Orlando Bloom's a badass. He is fucking awesome. But, uh, yeah. You could make a movie called The Adventures of Orlando Bloom, and I'd watch that shit. Right. <laughs> Where? <laughs> and it would just be like him just doing normal shit, too. It would just be like him just yeah. like going to go get his like suits from the dry cleaner and 
Yeah, shit like, like that. Oh shit! Look at Orlando! Look at Orlando! Fuck yeah! Yeah, good pickup. Good yeah. pickup, Orlando. That was awesome, man. It's <laughs> like I'm just picking up my dry cleaner, dude. <laughs> um, seen how you did it, though, man. Yeah, the best fucking pickup I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> but uh, that's the thing. Like, as far as these trilogy movies go, is that you know the the people. Who are here to watch the second part? And I don't know if you have like the the uh, box office number. Of course I do. It okay. was nine hundred and fifty eight million dollars. So damn near a billion for just the second movie. Yeah, that would almost be nearing two billion for the first two because the first one did make a billion, and it was off a budget of two hundred and twenty five million. Yeah. So despite all the people that were uh, aggravated by the fact that they made this into three movies, and people were like, "This is just nothing but a cash grab." It's like, well. You know why it can make money is because it's a good product. The yeah. three really fucking well-made movies. We we saw all three of them in the theaters, and we were like, "Fuck, we want more." It's one of the highest-grossing uh, Hollywood-made films in foreign box office of all time. Yeah, because it made it made like two hundred. It made its money back in America, then it made seven hundred and something million dollars overseas. Yeah, that doesn't happen often in American films, where most of their money comes from foreign box office. No, this one did. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how many of those were just like people from New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, New Zealand's not ever going to have a huge box office, though. It's no. kind of like kinda what was the episode we did? I don't know if it was even posted. I think it was like, uh, I think it was a Matrix movie. Yeah, it was like uh, Puerto Rico or something like that, and it was like one of the highest box offices they ever had was like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something, mm-hmm. and it was for that movie we did, which I do believe was the Matrix, the original Matrix, probably. Okay, uh, but I, I can't confirm that. But it was on one of our episodes. But it was like that's the most money, like any movies ever made in that one country, right? <laughs> There was another one of those too. It was like, was it Singapore or something? We had yeah. one movie that was like, it set a box office record in Singapore or something. Yeah, it could have been the same movie. It could have uh, just, I could have my countries mixed up. But yeah, it's something we did. But I remember you saying something back. about that before. Yeah, yeah, because it was it was one of those things where it was like it made that much money. Yeah, but um, the thing about this movie, especially because it's it, it's the middle movie of a trilogy, so doesn't have like a like a real beginning necessarily and it doesn't really have an end that's kind of how these middle movies are you you kind of start off and if you if you didn't see unexpected journey you're you you have no fucking clue what's going on you know if you just drop into this movie first this is the first thing you watch you have no clue what's going on you don't know right. anything about what the doors are trying to do you know you don't understand shit so it's like in order for people to truly be able to bitch about this movie they had to have watched unexpected journey yeah, that's and, usually how it works. You know, you get these these people that want to watch movies, but they don't want to enjoy the movies. Yeah, they, they want wanna, to sit there and pick it apart. Yeah, they want to sit there and say, you know, it's the same thing with the, the social justice warriors or whatever. They they don't want to enjoy anything. They just want to try to make it hard for everyone else to be happy and right. causing problems in the world. You know, used to. And I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but used to... Steve people, Soapbox. <laughs> soapbox. Uh, <laughs> Did we just make a new segment? No, no, no. Yeah, no. It, it's pretty much in every show. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, instead of causing problems, solve them. 
you're not solving anything by causing problems. Just solve them. You know, that's that's the thing with the movies. Okay. Um what what do you usually do with your friends after you watch a movie? You usually talk about it, what you liked about it, and what you didn't like about yeah, it. Yeah, that one scene was badass. Yeah. I like that one character. There was some funny lines. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about that that kind of shit. And then especially like if it's like a Marvel movie, you're like, okay, so then you start conspiracy theorying about shit and you're like What's okay, going to so, happen on the next yes, one? Yes, okay, so on the next one, does that mean that so-and-so is going to help out, you know, somebody else? Does that mean that, you know, they teased a, a new character? Like, especially in the Marvel movies, they do you, that happens a lot. Because after you watch an Avengers movie, then you're doing all kinds of shit. Like, you know, like, fucking, you're, you're like, trying to put together shit in your brain, you know? And it, but a lot of times with movies, especially, it's like, People always want to complain about like sequels and things being split up into a trilogy. I had plenty of people when I was going through these comments that were like, why the fuck did they make Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows into two movies? That's fucking one book. Why do you have to split it up? And the one guy, he said that he literally, he watched the first movie and didn't have the heart to watch the second movie because he says, I don't give a fuck what happens to Harry. It's too much story. Why do they split it up? It's too, too much, much story. Yeah. For one, well, that's, you're not a Harry Potter fan. I mean, well, not only Harry Potter fan. For one, he didn't read the book. Then I read all the books in the Harry Potter universe. That last book had to be two movies. There's just no way to do it in one if you don't want to make a story feel rushed. The Hobbit's the same way. One thing that people get confused about with the Hobbit are not confused. They just don't know how. It's just ignorance. Books. Yeah, I mean, this isn't one book. That he's putting in the story. He had access to three. Uh, which was the. Uh, you know. Uh, the unwritten tales of J.R.R. Tolkien. The Cimmerian. Um, the Cimmerian. Actually he had another one too. That he got to pull from. Um, and these are all story. Two of them wasn't published. And one of them was. And um, he added things. Because they didn't have. The rights to the Cimmerian. So he was able to take some liberties and add some things similar to it into the story. So right. he was trying to tell that story while also not getting sued. Right. So because he wanted to tell a complete story to, to Peter Jackson, this was his version of J.R.R. Tolkien's, you know, entire universe. Right. He wanted to make sure you tell it. It's just like telling Star Wars, like, Okay, and something else. You can't, you know, like we were talking about the MCU. You can take liberties from comic books to movies as long as, you know, you get the characters right. You can kind of make your own story, but there would be no speculation if Marvel was like, well, you know, we just did this comic book and put it on screen. Mm-hmm. People would be like, oh, okay, we already know what's going to happen. Easy to look up in Google. Yeah, they can't do that. Same thing with the Hobbit. It's like most of the world has read those books. Yeah, you can't just do those books because if you make it a a like a, a a scene for scene retelling of just the Hobbit book, there's a lot of things that really wouldn't work on screen because there's some things that aren't flushed out. There's some things that he just kind of goes past that you might need to flush out. You know, and then there's also other things too. Is that like if you had read the book and then you're watching the movie and you're like, this is literally this is literally chapter for chapter the exact book. 
well, fuck, I already know how this ends, so I don't really... Yeah. I don't really... Hey, it's like it pulls you out of it. You know, it, it would be like... Because a lot of times... I think that's one of the reasons why the... the since we're talking about the MCU, I think one of the reasons why those movies work is because the characters feel like they're supposed to feel, but because the the stories are taken in different directions, some things and some like names that they drop are things that happened in the comics and you know some sequences even might be taken from the comics so that they look familiar but not the whole story not the entire story because they're like if we're writing if we write them to be exactly page for page like the comics are it'd be boring and nobody would care right because they're like well why the fuck am i wasting my time watching this when i could just go read the comic and i it's cheaper you know it's cheaper you've got to yeah, add something in there you've got to add things that will make stuff exciting and sometimes the things that he's adding are things that make sense for what he's trying to tell. But the people who wanted to stick strictly to the book, these adaptation people that are like, they're uh, what, what would you call it? They're um, they're like orthodox about it. Mm-hmm. They want an adaptation to be exactly like the shit was originally written. And that's boring. But if you gave them that most of the time, they probably wouldn't even watch it. Because he'd be like, this is boring. It's too predictable. I already know what the story is. Yeah, if I wanted to see copy-paste, I would have just, you know, watched the animated movie. Or, or I would have I read the book, or I would have read yeah. the comic, or whatever. Exactly. You know? I mean, as long as you get characters right, which Peter Jackson pretty much nailed 100% of. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you didn't want to see a lot of Legolas, you're just not a Lord of the Rings fan anyway. And you we'll, 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 we'll get into that, because we the elves are their own separate uh, section here. Good. So <laughs> they should be because they're um, special. But what we'll get into, uh, we'll get into first is something that I wasn't sure was going to be a big deal. And then as I started going through comments, I was like, people are really bothered by the beginning of this movie, like a lot. And it, it, to me, it's, it's like crazy because the beginning of this movie is them still trying, trying to deal with the orcs. They're trying to get closer to the, to the mountain and you know, they're, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to try and go through Merkwood at some point because Gandalf's like you're gonna have to go through Merkwood, and we'll we'll talk about Merkwood, but they have to do with Bayorn first, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and read this, and then I want to get your reaction to this. So, it, so it says uh, Bayorn is a bloody joke. I mean no offense to the actor, but his performance seemed extremely unconvincing to me, and the visual style that they chose for him is so different from the book, I just couldn't get into it. In my point of view, the greatest moment of the book uh, was when the dwarves, Bilbo and Gandalf, visited Bayorn. For the movie, I just couldn't wait to see how uh, PJ (laughs) had tackled the uh, big hassle Gandalf had to introduce all the dwarves to Bayorn. In the book... He had to introduce them two by two during a long period of time just to make Bayorn comfortable with so many visitors. PJ left this wonderful scene and changed it into an action scene where the company just sieged Bayorn's house and didn't let him in. Uh, that makes the film uh, that makes the film story uh, to something completely different than the book. Then I was curious whether the company would be served by animals as they are in the book. That could have been uh, a challenge, and PJ didn't take it, but placed a normal cow and goat in the kitchen and living room. 
I was fully expecting another fun scene like the dinner scene in an unexpected journey where Gandalf lures Bayorn into letting the company of dwarves stay in his house. What we get is a rush scene where the entire company barrels their way into his house, fleeing from him and locking him out. And then without explanation, Bayorn is fine with all the dwarves piled into his house just because he hates orcs more, more than he hates them. Uh, this was one of my favorite scenes in the book, and I was really disappointed with how awful it was done. Well, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I mean, I do think that's the reason he decided to help the dwarves. And seeing some animals serve some people is ridiculous in this context. Because then right. you'd be like, well, why isn't any of that in The Lord of the Rings? Right. Uh, because when I read that, I was like, so you really wanted to see like a cow walk by with like an apron and be like, what do you have, love? <laughs> it's like, uh, I would have been like, what the fuck is this what? movie? <laughs> was Peter Jackson on acid when he directed this scene? Wait, he was like, no, 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 no. We need, we need the goat. We need, we need the, the cow to actually serve the milk. It's see, like, what the fuck? When he wrote The Hobbit, he, he was writing a lot with his really, really good friend, C.S. Lewis, which wrote The Chronicles of Narnia, which... Right was really heavy on talking animals. Right. <laughs> Tolkien really wasn't. He just kind of did it because, you know, him and C.S. Lewis were exchanging ideas, so they each mixed into each other. Right. Um, then after that, it's just Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, and this totally different story. There are no talking... I mean, there's spiders, but, like, even they don't talk unless someone's wearing the ring or something. Yeah. Because um, you can't understand them unless you have the, the yeah. ring on you. So it takes some type of magical power to actually, you know. So that would have been a little ridiculous. And the short answer of why they didn't do more with that character is that he could only be on set for like two weeks and then he had to go uh, film something else back in England. Ah, So he was supposed to accompany the party after um, through Mirkwood and stuff. Oh, okay. But, um... But if you have if you have that dude there when they have the spiders, then you know you you almost have too much going on because you have Bayorn, all the dwarves, and then you have the elves showing up to deal with the spiders and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like you'd almost have too much shit going on, and they would probably just kill Bayorn immediately. They because they're not gonna fucking. Oh, deal Legolas with a, would. They're definitely. not gonna deal with a bear. He would just put a fucking like an arrow straight into his face, and he would be dead. Mm-hmm. So it's like nobody really wants to see that. So it's like if if Bayorn is doing this, yeah, if he's helping them, then it's like almost it's almost too much shit going on at once. That's one of the most exciting scenes in the entire trilogy is when Legolas shows up to deal with the help him deal with the spiders. Yeah, because Tariel's like. She kills a couple spiders, and then you see like the doors go to like pick up their arms or whatever, and then you see like Lego slide down and like have an arrow in uh, <laughs> dude's face, and he is like, um, "What does he say?" He says something like, um, um, "I'll kill you if I have to. It'd be my pleasure." Yeah, you know, because he doesn't like doors. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But uh, but but before we get to Mirkwood and the elves and stuff like that, the thing the thing with Bjorn is that you know he's he's a a, a skin changer right because he he's kind of like a werebear. Mm-hmm. He turns into like this big bear creature. He's a big teddy bear. He's a big teddy bear. <laughs> and so like that's one of the things like Gandalf. You know, it's like you know, can he? I mean, can he be reasonable? And he was like uh, the bear, no. The man, yes, if if you know, 
if we you know, if we you know say it to him the right way, then he might be agreeable to what we're trying to do. Well, him seeing Gandalf in there definitely helped. Yeah, because he's like, well, if Gandalf is is with these dwarves, then it's like, okay, this must be important. This must be important because Gandalf would just be hanging out with a bunch of dwarves for no reason. Gandalf really doesn't do anything for no reason. Except, yeah, except smoke his pipe. When he smokes his pipe, that's just purely for oh, him. Oh, yeah. He, he, he'll smoke the ganj. <laughs> Which kind of makes you wonder, like, what kind of herb was Gandalf smoking in the... Oh, it's straight marijuana. It's just straight up weed. You know, he's got some of that good wizard weed. He probably got some good shit from Radagast is what it is. Because Radagast has got that... He's got that nature hookup. So mm-hmm. he's probably got some, like... He's got probably got some shit that would, like, make you curl your toes and shit. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it made me think that Gandalf was the one, the one that had the fire shit in the scene where they meet or whatever. Yeah. And Radagast is all going crazy, and he's like, "Here, smoke this," and he's like, "Ooh," you know, he's like, yeah. cross-eyed and shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's that uh, Gandalf he knows where to find all the really good herb because he's been all over Middle Earth. Yeah. Yeah. For an old man, he fucking travels like constantly. You know. I mean, well, I mean, he's like a spirit, so it's like his his body's old, but he's he's way older than that. That's well, just the body that he's in now. Yeah, it's not unlike actual Sir Ian McKellen, right? Who's old as fucking, still gets still around. does everything. He still he still does plays. He still does movies. I mean, the guy is just a workaholic. Yeah, but I think it's uh, the thing. The whole thing with Bayorn is like this sequence doesn't need to be extremely detailed because the whole point is that they need a place that they can go to that's safe so that the the orcs will go away. And the orcs won't attack the doors while Bayorn is basically like watching. Because like the orcs, they basically see Bayorn and they're like, yeah, we're not going to go challenge that beast. Because Bayorn would fuck them up if they showed up. If they got too close and they were too close to his house, he would just fuck up all those orcs. Yeah, because they're like, let's get him now. He's like, no, the beast stands watching. It's like, yeah. there's like eight of you. Yeah, but one Bayorn will probably fuck up most of them, and he doesn't really want to risk extra men, you know, just for like some stupid ass attack. Oh, Bayorn him. would kill Azog. Yeah, he doesn't want to risk yeah. him dying. Yeah. You know, he would fucking die if he fought Bayorn. Yeah, because that damn bear's too strong. Yeah, you know, and then. It, and then you don't really need to linger on that scene for too long because basically they need to get, they need, they need ponies because they need to, to ride because they need to get to the edge of Mirkwood. And so basically this scene is kind of like, okay, this is how they get to Mirkwood is they get help from Bayorn. Yeah. And then they set the ponies free and go into the woods. But it, it, for people who were like looking at this, they were like, you know, they got Bayorn wrong. They got the whole sequence wrong. It's like, uh, Peter basically, you know, I mean, as far as like how they wrote it and how he directed it, he did what he needed to do. He showed the character off. He showed how he works because he's like a werebear type creature and like that kind of stuff. And he did what he needed to do. And then they get to Mirkwood because Mirkwood's where the that's where the juicy part of the story is, you know. Oh yeah. Since the spiders are all talking about you know juicy stuff, it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, this one's juicy. <laughs> It stings, it stings. The fucking spiders are... Those things are fucking terrifying. I'll just put it that way. Like, my skin crawled when I watched I this them. again. I fucking hate those spiders because as soon as they start wrapping them up in the webbing, 
It's like if you don't get like a chill in your spine, then you're you're some kind of evil like they are. Yeah, you're one of those weirdos that with spider scrawls on your arm and shit. Oh, yeah, I yeah, hate you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like those people that would just like pick up tarantulas and just let them like walk around their head and stuff. They're like, yeah. no, if you get to know them, they're actually you know they're they're not you know they're not crazy. They're pure evil. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, fucking kill it with fire. You yeah, know? killed everything. Yeah. Well, these are home. actually nice spiders. I don't know what that means. Yeah, spiders aren't nice. Spiders will fucking, they don't give a fuck they about you. They eat everything. Yeah. <laughs> you just have a t-shirt that just says, spiders don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever they touch, they destroy. Yeah. Fuck spiders. Have you ever watched Arachnophobia? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve still hates that fucking movie. There aren't a whole lot of movies that we actually hate, but fuck arachnophobia. I've always hated that fuck movie. Fuck that movie. <laughs> One good thing about that movie is John Goodman. That's because he smushes the spiders and shit. Right. And it's John goddamn Goodman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so, uh, so we'll go through this next one, and then we'll and then we'll take our our first break. So we'll we'll go through this because. Because we get to Mirkwood in this movie, and Mirkwood means a few things. It means the kingdom of Mirkwood, which means the elves, but it also means these fucking spiders. Um, but uh, but basically, and that's the reason why I did this is because this happens immediately after they deal with Bayorn. So this kind of follows the story, basically. So right, right. It, it says, after dealing with Bayorn, uh, we get to the edge of Mirkwood Forest, where Gandalf seems to suddenly discover he needs to go to the south. He doesn't. And, okay. And the, <laughs> let me finish. I'll let you go. Uh, in the book, you get the impression that Gandalf, with his great foresight, planned to leave the party at the edge of the forest long before they got there. With Gandalf gone, the rest of the company immediately became a bunch of morons who simply get lost in their stupidity. The magic and mystery of Mirkwood is particularly lacking. The entirety of Mirkwood takes them less than 15 minutes to traverse, which really kills the feeling that it is a great and massive forest. There was no Black River. Not once did Bilbo say uh, uh, Adderkot to taunt the spiders while luring them away from the dwarves. The elves come in to save the day, killing the spiders, and then take the company of dwarves to their prison cells. No twinkling lanterns, no fires in the little glades that go poof when Bilbo or a dwarf walks or tries to approach. They are in and out of the elven prison in the blink of an eye with no sense of time that it took uh, Bilbo, no sense of the time that it took to, uh, Bilbo to wander around learning his way around the kingdom, scrounging for food and concocting his plan to get him and the dwarves out. All of this was rushed, though, so we could have another action sequence of orcs chasing the party while elves chase them both, but kind of helping the party of dwarves too. It makes no sense. Something that should have been done in a few cuts got extended to a five-minute-plus action sequence so they can show off their computer-generated graphics. Okay, so one, starting with last thing, <laughs> said that that was rushed, but also these are the same people that say, why is this three movies? Right, yeah. Um it's wow. like, we don't want you to spend, like, three movies to tell all of the story. But when you get to Mirkwood, we want you to slow the fuck down and show them just walking through the forest. Right. Like, yeah. literally just walking through the Lairons forest. that go poof and all the Black River and all that kind of stuff. You need to show all that. Which, if you, you, you pay attention, the Black River does run 
under the bridge at the castle, but I guess he didn't see that, did he? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Glad- Gladriella told Gandalf he needed to leave. Right. Because there's like literally like before that, it's like Galadriel like speaks to him telepathically and that she that he needs to go to Dolgodur and see what is going on for himself. And he's like, no, I don't need to leave him. And she's like, you need to hear more. Yeah. And he was like, well, I have to go then. Yeah. Because the, um, he respects Galadriel's opinion, you know. Yeah. To the Almost fact, that- fact. I mean, she helped save, you know. Middle Earth, basically, in the long run. Yeah. I mean, she she's one of the people that discover what's trying to happen. And, um, yeah, I mean, and Mirkwood's a, a place that was poisoned by the evil that's trying to return to the world. So it would get you confused if you didn't live there and you couldn't, like, fight it off like yeah. the Mirkwood elves can. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that because the the forest is basically poisoned because the spiders live there. Now my question was is, is it the the necromancer what Sauron coming back to some kind of life is it his presence that's making the spiders move in or were the spiders already there and they just became corrupted and started eating people? No, the spiders moved in. They moved in after because they because were because they emboldened. hid in the darkness. Ah. Know, but whenever the the darkness has started spreading, the darkness spreads out. Ah, okay. So the spiders start spreading out, and so all the start, evil creatures start spreading out. The orcs start expecting people. Yeah, yeah, and all that. That's that's how it works. Like they're all like hidden in darkness whenever good's really in the world, but whenever darkness starts to spread, they all start to spread out. Because they're more emboldened by the mm. fact that they have, like, the Necromancer or Sauron, you know, on their side. Yeah, same, same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what the Necromancer is. They just... Gandalf doesn't realize who it is until that's he That's why they call him the Necromancer until the eye appears, and, and he's yeah. like, okay... Because even he, because even Gandalf like says to himself, Sauron, he knows what that is because he can see Sauron's helmet. The Cladriel definitely defeats him. I mean, yeah. she does, right? Isn't she the one that defeats him? Uh, I mean, it. If it weren't for Galadriel tipping him off to go and check out Dolgodur, yeah, the shit would be way, way worse off. Yeah, because. You know, the sequence with Mirkwood, like as soon as Gandalf, you know, takes off to go handle that and then basically he's leaving the dwarves and Bilbo to their own devices. It's like, you know, you get a sense that it's like, well, the the dwarves have a pretty they, they have a pretty good sense of what they're doing. And they, you know, they're pretty capable of handling shit on their own, but they're they're dealing with shit that they have no clue of. Neither, mm-hmm. neither of them have ever been in Mirkwood Forest before. No. Bilbo's definitely never seen anything like this because he fucking lives in the Shire. So, you know, as soon as they get into that forest, like that shit starts to fuck with their mind. Like he's like Bilbo starts hallucinating. He starts looking at the other dwarves and he fucking sees himself. Like they're, they are tripping balls hard as they're walking through that forest. Shrooms are crazy. They probably got into some fucked up shrooms that are like poisoned or something. And they're like fucked up because their head starts getting weird and they start losing their bearings. They can't figure out what direction they're going. So Bilbo thinks like, well, fuck, if we we can't we don't know where the sun is, so we don't know where east is because they're kind of navigating based on the sun, and because of the overgrowth of the forest, they can't see it anymore. 
and they're probably fucked up on shrooms. Who knows? They didn't show them eating shrooms, but that looks like some shit that they would be on if they were on some shrooms. And so Bilbo climbs up to the top of the trees and he's like, oh, I can see Lake Town. Yeah, I can see I can see the mountain. I know I can which see way the we're mountain. going now. Yeah, I can see the mountain. He's like, hey, I can see the mountain. And by the time he comes back down, all the dwarves have already been captured by spiders and the fucking web being spun up. And then he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts, you know, he kills a couple. He puts the ring on, kills a couple spiders and then starts cutting the dwarves down. Yeah. And but then, the fact that he can hear them talking is mm-hmm. almost even more creepy. That they're already creepy as fuck as it is because they're giant fucking like tarantula-looking spiders. So they're already creepy as fuck as it is. And then when he's wearing the ring, now he can understand what they're saying because I'm guessing uh, that the ring, because the ring was forged with black speech, that any creature that speaks black speech he can understand because that's one of the powers of the ring, right? Yes, I'm pretty sure that's a fact. So the the spiders speak black speech. So that when I because I was like, why is it that he can understand the spiders and he can hear them talking and he understands what they're saying? And I'm like, because when he wears the ring, the ring was forged with with black speech, like engraved mm-hmm. into it, like with magic. And I'm like, they must be speaking black speech. That's why it can it can like translate it for him, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm like, that's, but they're already creepy as fuck as it is. And then they start talking and they start talking about like, you know, killing them and like, you know, oh, this one's juicy. I want to eat this one. And it's like, fuck, kill all of them. Fucking kill all of them. Yeah. You know, like you're so ready to see those fucking spiders die, especially like when he gets that one in the face. uh, And then he's like, it stings, it stings. And then it fucking, he falls, the spider falls off and he like dies and then he was like, ha ha, sting. Yeah, yeah. Sting. Yeah, it stings. Yeah. You know, that's where the sword gets its name from. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. That's pretty cool how, you know, uh, that's one of the things that Wallen was saying um, uh, on the first movie. It's just like, you know, swords get their names from the good deeds that they do in battle. Like, they, you know, they have a story behind their name, you know. And that's where and it got his. That's where he got his because him him killing the spiders with the, the ring – you know, he, he fucked up those spiders with that, that sword of his. So it was like, yeah. he, he finally had his story to tell that he, he freed all of the dwarves by, you know, stabbing the spiders and killing them and then cutting the dwarves down so that they could free themselves. You know, but that's pretty cool. Like when he's wrapped up in the webbing and he just kind of like, bop, just jabs and yeah. stabs that first one and like the, in the body. And then it's like, ah, <laughs> He wasn't expecting him to still have that sword, and that was like uh, Spider yeah. got fucked up by that sting. That's the by sting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. I mean, how he named his sword is pretty much as awesome as how Solo got his name. Right. <laughs> oh man. Uh just in case you want any more shade from Steven, he's also going to be selling umbrellas at the end of this episode. They say beyond the hate, black and white. <laughs> right. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, but that's one of the things about the forest is that when you're first watching this and you have, if you don't know that Legolas is in this movie or, or Tariel for that matter, if you don't know that they're in this movie, you're like, man, this situation with the spiders is just totally fucked. Cause how are they going to get out of all mm-hmm. this? Then Legolas shows up and you're like, Oh, you, you spiders yeah, are the spiders. Fucked. Almost. If you watch like a couple spiders get killed and then instantly, you see spiders start running. Yeah, they start. They start like <laughs> with as many fucking legs as they have. They start running. They their start asses. running like they kill like 
maybe like six spiders or something when the L show up. Immediately and then you see the they... other ones just like take off. Like, right. Fuck that. We are not dealing with with no elves. No, they don't want to. They, you know, oh, they don't want none. Oh, they don't want none. You can play AJ Styles music as soon as Langley yeah, and Tarot yeah. show up. It's, those spiders don't want none. Yeah, Langley <laughs> show up and just like pop his hood off his head and just yeah. hold his hands up in there and be like, hey, where are you guys running? Yeah. Where are you guys running to, man? Where are you all running to? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, the, one of the the best parts of this movie, or one of the best, I think, uh, like the, the two of the best characters of this movie are Legolas and Tariel. Yeah, the adventures of Legolas and Tariel. Yeah. Um. And so we'll we'll go ahead and we'll take a break here, and then when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the elves, really. Legolas, Tariel, Thranduil. We're gonna get into all that shit next. Right. Judas Priest, Rising from Ruins, if you guys want to go listen to the rest of that album there. We're not getting paid to advertise that. <laughs> Judas Priest no. is just awesome. And you did cut off before I got to the to the chorus part of it. I thought you were at least let it run to that. but Oh, I, I didn't realize. I just, yeah. I, I feel like it was running a little long Cause before. No, you get break. to the, because the chorus is when it pays off. We'll, we'll, we'll but, come back to the payoff. Yeah. We'll payoff. <laughs> but, you guys, uh, um... Yeah, definitely need to listen to that. But it's a fucking awesome song. Even if you guys aren't like super into Judas Priest or anything, their new album Firepower is fucking amazing. This is just one badass song on the whole album, uh, but it's really, really good. It's great. It's great, definitely. Um, but uh, let's talk about some elves. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, the uh, I'll say one thing. Before we, before I get started on the actual comment, um, it's you don't get to see that much of like the elven society necessarily. You get to see a little snippet of it here, but it's like it would be so interesting to see like in in, in like either a movie series that's based on the elves, or it'd be cool to see them when like the if they do that on the Amazon TV series that they're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, you could actually see like. You know, Thranduil and Legolas, like father and son, like, you know, out, like just kicking ass and, you know, protecting the kingdom and going on like adventures and shit. Like that would be pretty awesome to see. 
you know. Yeah. It's kind of um, interesting, too, during my research. I, I didn't know this. Uh, you probably knew this. Or other people probably knew this. Elrond, uh, which is Hugo Weaving's character in the movie. Right. Uh, is half human. He's half human? No, I did not know that. I thought he was full elf. No, he chose to live as an elf, but he was half human. He chose which way he wanted to live, though. But he is half human. Huh. His family line is half human. Really? So, I think that's why he understands Arwen and her situation with Aragorn, because it's like, yeah, dude, I get it. That's why she has to give... He could give up his immortality, because he's half human, just as she has human in her. Yeah. So, it's kind of interesting. And um, it's like Thandriel, um, he is one of the royal family of elves. Him and Legolas have that blonde, blonde hair. Yeah. And all the other elves of Mirkwood have red hair. Right. <laughs> yeah, because Tar- even Taro's redheaded, yeah. Yeah, so they're the only two in the kingdom of that royal family, and the rest of them are from, from uh, you know, lower class families. And that's why Thandriel won't let Legolas have a relationship with Tariel. Oh, I mean, he won't. He won't let them be married. Like he wouldn't marry Legolas off to Tariel. Him and Tariel get down, though. I'm I'm pretty certain. Of oh it. yeah, I like mean, they have a romantic relationship. He's definitely in love with her. Yeah, I mean, and why wouldn't you? It's it's fucking Evangeline. <laughs> yes, I mean, come on, she's gorgeous. She's <laughs> definitely gorgeous. But also, like, she's a badass fighter because in in fights, I mean, she's not exactly at Legolas' skill level, but she's she's good in she's her own up right. There. She can do some pretty cool shit too. Yeah, it's kind of interesting too, though. How what do you think the age difference is between Orlando Bloom and Lee Pace? Between Orlando and Lee Pace? Yeah. Uh, it's like, what, like a five-year difference? Two years. Two years. Okay. And Orlando Bloom is his elder. Uh. <laughs> Which is crazy because it's like, in this he plays his dad and he has yeah. the presence that he feels like an old elven king. Yeah, you know? he does. He, he ha- I guess it's because of his like, of his acting training, because didn't Lee Pace do? Didn't he do Shakespearean? Oh acting? yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure most of most English actors at least start doing some. I'm pretty Shakespeare. sure Orlando Bloom has too. I'm, I'm pretty sure he has because I think I read that he he's done Shakespearean stuff before when he was younger, uh, before he started doing like the pirates movies and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Legolas keeps pace with the original Lord of the Rings, where he doesn't blink through the whole movie and until he's wounded. Yeah. In the original one, he only blinked when he was surprised by something. Uh, this is the only time in the entire Legolas history that he actually bleeds. Yeah. Oh, when yeah, and it, that's at the very, 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 very end of the movie. But as soon as he realizes that his nose is bleeding, and he like checks it, you right. can you can feel the the rage and the intensity in his body. Yeah, I'm like somebody's like, gonna die. He's like, I'm gonna go. Fuck that work <laughs> up. <laughs> you do not make me All bleed. I can say Nobody is, makes me bleed my own blood. All Nobody. I can, all I can say for Smaug is he's luckily Legolas chased Bolg. Uh, Bolg out of Lake Town. Yeah. Because if, if he was there, it wouldn't have took no three shots. And it wouldn't have taken a black arrow. <laughs> it would have took some like just regular old school Legolas arrows. And yeah. that dragon would have been done. Yeah. He would, Especially it if you had Tariel there to help him. <laughs> it would have been some shit. It's like Smaug's like, 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> Smaug, more than likely, probably knows at least who Legolas's father is. Well, yeah. Because I think it's... Un- it, um, yeah. Well, I, I guess I'll go into the comments, but somebody had a, a thing where it's like uh, talking about the, the battle damage on, on Thranduil's face. Well, that was actually... I actually know about this. Okay. This is some of the research that's kind of hard to find, but I found it. Uh, the scars on Thranduil's face was 3,000 years ago. Yeah. It was during the war against Sauron. Ah. <laughs> That's where he got the scar on his face. I don't know how old Smaug is, though. I don't know if he was a part of that war. Part of me feels like he's significant because he was. Yeah. I feel like that's why he's so significant. Like, if he can get him back on his side again, or something like that, then, you know. Because uh, Smaug knows who Sauron is. He does. Yeah. I mean, he he kind of hints to him in the movie. And, uh, but that's where Thandriel got it. Now, a lot of people were confused about the scars on the face, too. They're like, is he hiding it with magic? No, he's healed. Yeah. He, he's healed. That's not part of his face anymore. But he can, as part of his elf powers, he can show you uh, past damages. Ah. Uh. Through magic. Because I thought it was the other way around. I thought he was hiding it. But he's not hiding it. He was just showing you like some damage that he is, suffered. This is, yeah. But he's, he's completely healed because he's immortal. Right. I mean, eventually, over time, his his body would have healed from battle damage. Yeah, you know? it did, but he show, he was he was revealing what he suffered before fighting. Yeah, you know the what does he say? The dragons from the east. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So it could which, even, the, which east is where Mordor is. Yeah. So. So. Um, but we'll go. Okay, so I'll get into the comments. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. So it, it says here, uh, I think that they thought that bringing back Legolas would help the movie, but in fact, they only detracted uh, from it by going ahead and writing him as a bland character who is now, instead of being primarily an archer, he is a ninja swordsman of some sort. They also opt to attempt to uh, squeeze in a love story between, uh, instead of actual events that happened in the book, because dull romance sells. The ridiculous not-in-the-book love interest between the female not-in-the-book elf and a dwarf culminates in her healing him from a wound that didn't happen in the book, which separates him from the others. Again, not in the book. Using magical powers that is uh, really unlikely she would have ever, uh, she would have even, if she did exist only in a tiny number of elves, would even have that power. A large proportion of the film uh, is overtaken with elf-orc fight scenes, um, two elves that aren't even in the book manage to heroically slaughter hundreds of orcs in scenes that aren't in the book. Bilbo's power and strengths are greatly usurped in this film by the intervention of Legolas uh, saving the day each time. The gentle escape from the elves in the barrels is turned into a farce obviously designed to tie in with a future theme park ride. Also, a dwarf rolls along the shore in a barrel, knocking orcs <laughs> off the screen, exactly like in Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong. Meanwhile, hey, Donkey Kong Country's tight. It's like, yeah, yeah. You guys, if you guys are talking about DKC, you fuck off. You yeah, you fuck can fuck off. off. Right I'll now. go to war with you over Donkey Kong. Well, I'm fucking. It's all like Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, it's all like motherfucking Donkey Kong. <laughs> so, anyway. Why not copy Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong's the shit. You're right. <laughs> 
The only way that could have been even more awesome is if a fucking big gorilla like picked him up and then threw him at the, you know over. Um, I would have still been with it. I would be like, there. that's yes. fucking awesome. Just and then you just see the gorilla like smashing the works. Yeah. It's like I don't know who that gorilla is, but that's fucking awesome. <laughs> so anyway, I fucking lost my place. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, meanwhile, Legolas and Tariel in God mode with unlimited arrows and perfect aim are slaughtering hundreds of orcs. I felt my brain cells dying as I watched. Another painful part of watching this was in the halls uh, with the Elven King, where Thranduil and Thorin have a conversation. The King's face suddenly turns into an ugly, disfigured shape and then turns back to normal again, uh, apparently to stress the idea that that he was expressing at that moment. My question is, why? Why would you do that? It just feels out of place, like one of those... Uh, one too many CGI things that are only there for the purpose of being CGI and to look cool. The performance of the actor who played the king was also lackluster, in my opinion. I don't get why elves can't act like elves, immortal beings that are wise and ancient. In this movie, they act more like teenagers who have just reached puberty. There's even more romantic. There's even some romantic implications between a female elf and a dwarf. I mean, I have no words for that. <laughs> Okay, for for one, uh, your opinion means dick. Well, and, and this motherfucker's talking about the performance of Lee Pace. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, you he, think you can act better than Lee Pace? Let's Come see on. it. Well, for one, what? who are you? Uh, <laughs> two, your brain cells died not because you watched this movie. It's because you couldn't understand a simple movie like this, and your mom probably did crack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and um, uh, the the elven thing, whenever they heal, uh, it's not necessarily about technique. It's it's supposed to kind of be like Tolkien was kind of a hippie, uh, yeah, a little bit. It was the power of love. <laughs> same thing in the the original Lord of the Rings. You know, um, whenever um, Arwen, uh, Arwen is helping um, helps Frodo helps or Frodo because Frodo has the. Yeah. Injury from being stabbed by the ring wraith. Yeah. Right. It's not her love for him, but it's her love for the world that helps heal him. Because she knows that she needs to help the ring bearer. Yeah. Yeah. Because even like listen to her words in that, you know, she's, she's doing like some elven spells and stuff, but she's listening to what she's just saying. She's just like, we need you. Yeah type thing and then and then she summons the wave that like crashes against the wing ring rates and washes them away yeah i love that scene where the horses come it's awesome yeah Liv tyler's badass yeah she's great they they do a really good job of making they don't show the female elves that much but when they do show up whether it's arwen or it's galadriel or it's tariel in this movie they always have a big part they they are very very important they're not just doing some random bullshit. They're always doing something that can change the entire storyline. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the, literally, that's what they're doing. I mean, she saved the ring bearer's life. Right. Like, he was going to die, and someone else was going to have to try to carry the ring, and they would have failed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they don't and, have the mental capacity to lead. <laughs> I mean, Frodo is really the only guy with Sam that could do it. Yeah. You know, that's the only pair that could really do it. So. Yeah. But it, it, when people are, are, are talking about, like, they, uh, why did they put Legolas in this movie and why did they put Tariel in this movie? It's like, for one, 
you don't really have like any females really. You you don't really even start to see women until you get to Lake Town. You see a few. Like yeah. you, you know, you get to see like Bard has like two daughters and he has a son. So you get, you know, but you don't really get to see like a lot of women in these movies. Like, yeah. you know, it's because most of the time you're, the story is dealing with the dwarves and there's no women that travel with the dwarves at all. Um, so, it, you know, Tari was written in because they wanted more female characters. They wanted another female character. And then yeah. the story that uh, Fran and Peter wrote was the love story between Tariel and the dwarf. And then the studios, whenever they're reading over, they're like, uh, well, Legolas needs to be a part of this. Right. And Peter and Fran didn't really like the idea at first, but they're like, look, Legolas would have a connection to her. And the studios, for once, were, was right. I mean, right. it wouldn't have made any sense if Leg- Legolas wasn't involved in that. Right. Because uh, the thing, the thing, when people complain about, like, why is Legolas in this? He's not in the Hobbit book. And all this kind of stuff. This is just simply, this is like a nostalgia grab to get people in their Lord of the Rings fields. And it's like, no, it's not. If you look at this gravity of the situation, you have a darkness that's spreading across Mirkwood Forest, which he is the fucking prince of, right? So he has a, he's like honor bound to protect that forest because that's his fucking homeland. So if you have spiders going like, fucking crazy and like they're murdering people they're attacking shit they're they're gaining in number you're telling me that that he would just sit back and just be like oh well the the, the woods are being overtaken by spiders eh, i'm not gonna get involved fuck that no he's gonna go defend his homeland to think that legolas wouldn't be a part of this movie not book i mean there's stuff that's in books that are added and taken out all the time right i mean in Lord of the Rings, they had a character that got, or, I mean, not not Lord of the Rings. In Game of Thrones, they had a character that got her fucking throat slit and thrown in the the river, and then she comes back to life to seek vengeance on all these bad guys or whatever. But her storyline isn't really important to the overall story of Game of Thrones, so she's not in the 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 series of Game of Thrones, the HBO series. Yeah, yeah. So, and some people are like, oh, well, we thought. You know, Lady Stoneheart was going to be in it, and they're like, "Well, we thought about it, but she doesn't really have a part in the actual storyline. Right? She's just going around killing people, and that's not really the story that's left to tell. We only got six episodes left, people. Yeah. Six episodes. Yeah, that are like an hour and a half long piece, but whatever. It's going to be like a movie every every episode. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Don Snow. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, but when it comes to Mirkwood, it's like I, the idea that Legolas would not be involved. Plus, also, there's orcs running around chasing after doors. Yeah, why wouldn't now, you want to see fucking Legolas slaughtering orcs? Right. And it's, I think, the the problem that if people that maybe didn't like Legolas anyway because they thought that he was, like, overpowered as fuck in the, in the Lord of the Rings movies... It's like you have to because like on here they say that like, you know, it's like, well, I thought he was primarily just an archer, but apparently he's like some kind of like crazy ninja ninja swordsman or something. It's like go back to the original Lord of the Rings and see how many times he breaks those daggers out. When Legolas breaks those elven daggers out, you are fucked just as much as if Mm -hmm. he shot you with an arrow. Oh, that's when he's pissed off. Oh, yeah. And also an interesting fact when uh, Legolas fights uh, Bog. 
Bolg. A bolg. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and Lake Town, uh, I don't know if you, you noticed this, but he uses um, uh, the Goblin Cleaver that he's confiscated from Thorin. Uh-huh. That's, that's the sword he uses yep, to... because uh, he keeps that. He that's keeps one of the, Yeah, because he was like, you know, where did he's you like, get this He's like, this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like uh it's like, you know, uh it's like it was given to us and he's like you stole this. Like you <laughs> Yeah, this is not... Legolas is like, No, you stole this. Yeah, you you did not just like this wasn't just given to you, dude. Like you, you straight up stole this. Yeah, he sees it and he's just kinda like, Well, this was This was forged by my ancestors. Yeah, and... this was made here, so no one gave it to you. Yeah, this is this is Elven property. I'm I'm confiscating your ship. Yeah, it's really not even confiscating. It's just kind of taking it back. I, mean, I yeah. agree. I re- I agree with that. Yeah, it was Legolas's ancestors. Yeah. So he. But just, as soon as he broke out that sword, that's when he was super pissed. Yeah. Because he's deadly as fuck as an archer. We already know that because Legolas is basically the best archer in Mirkwood. I mean, let's, of all time. Probably. Yeah, probably of all of time. All time in like any movie. Robin Hood can go get fucked because Legolas is the best archer of all time. <laughs> Kevin Costner Robin Hood was pretty good though, except he couldn't do an English accent. Yeah, not worth a damn. But he was pretty cool. Who's the, who's a better archer, uh, Queen or Legolas? Queen. Yeah, Oliver Queen. Oh yeah, Oliver Queen. Yeah. I I couldn't think of his first name at first, so I was hoping you'd fit. Yeah, words. you're like Queen. And I was like, what? And I was like, Queen. No, I'm like Green Arrow, Mer- Oliver Queen. Okay, okay. I was like, Freddie Mercury? Freddie Mercury was a badass archer. badass archer? you say, like, Oliver Queen or Robin Hood? I fucking forgot his first name. And so, like, so was it Queen or Robin Hood? And I'm like, so now I look like the jackass because I forgot his first name for like five seconds. Well, that's probably yeah. the name that you could have went with first. Like you could have forgot his last name. <laughs> <laughs> but when you just say, is Queen better than Robin Hood? I'm like, yes. Uh, I'm still like, yes. I mean, probably. No, it was between Oliver Queen and Legolas. Oh, well, Legolas. Who's the I better mean, archer? Legolas doesn't miss. Okay, so if you had, so let's say you had, you had an archery off between Oliver Queen, Hawkeye. And Legolas. Does Legolas still win? Probably. With Legolas, yeah. so I mean, Hawkeye doesn't miss either. Oliver Queen, uh, you know, he's... See, that's, that's an interesting little fight, though. But I just don't think two humans could beat an elf anyway. Even if they work together? Yeah, even if they work together, I just don't think they could beat Legolas. I mean, he's... It would take a lot more damage to kill Legolas than it would either one of those guys. So. Yeah. Yeah, probably Legolas still beat the, both those guys. Yeah, especially if Legolas Hood. breaks out the, the elven daggers, they're pretty mm-hmm. much done. Well, he also ends up getting the um, infinity quiver. Quiver. Uh, so whenever he doesn't run out of arrows, and you know, the Lord of the Rings is for a reason because he has that infinity quiver. He yeah. doesn't. It just it doesn't run out. <laughs> well, and that was one of the things that like people but, complained about in this is they were like. How is it that Legolas and Tariel seem like they uh, they always have arrows left? They and have like three hundred arrows in those quivers. Like, yeah. they don't queer. They don't. They don't kill three hundred orcs at a time. No, they the, in that first meeting they might have you know they might have killed sixty. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they had arrows left. Learn how to count. Right. <laughs> um. Because it, it's like 
because that's one of the things is like people whenever they're watching this it's like you always when people like even if you have like just like a regular action movie where people are thinking like well you know schwarzenegger would have run out of bullets by now or stallone would have run out of bullets by now and all that kind of stuff it's like watching action movies wrong it's like yeah you're not watching action movies for, for that kind of shit it's like Especially, like, uh, even though we, we might eventually do an episode on Commando because I, I fucking love that movie because it's so over-the-top 80s action movie. Yes, and yes. Commando gives no fucks about what you think of it either. Like, it, it is intentionally cheesy, I think, on purpose. All those action movies was. Yeah. You know, the, the Dolph Lundgren but, Punisher movie. I mean, he shoots, like, 500 bullets out of one gun, and does anyone give a fuck? No one did at the time. It was awesome. It was awesome just to see Dolph Lundgren killing a bunch of people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like, that's the thing. People always complain about, you know, like in something like Commando where it's like, oh, he would have ran out of bullets. It's like, did you see him gearing up for this shit? When he went onto that island, he was like basically like a fucking walking armory. I mean, he brought as much ammunition and, and weapons and shit as he could carry. Like yeah, I fucking miss montages so much in movies. Yeah, like training montages and or like, know, the, like, like the like the gear up montage. The, yeah, gear up and they're like, oh they're man, like, that's, uh, yeah. That was one best. of the things that was always cool about like um like a, Escape from New York is like seeing Snake get all of his gear. Right. You know, because yeah. you you see him getting his pistols and you see him like getting all of his shit and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. This is like. You know, I, th- going to war. I think that's why people like Fast and the Furious movies so much still is because they kind of do that stuff still in every one of those movies. Them gearing like, up for whatever they're going to do. this car and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And it still, it still uses that same system as, you know, the 90s and 80s movies where you got like these montages and this build up to the final thing that's going to happen. And um, yeah, this Hobbit movie is no different. Yeah, there, there's kind of a big montage, a setup, you know, towards the end, which the end being the next movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but because uh, this is kind of a gear up movie, you know, the middle yeah. part is this whole movie's kind of a gear up movie. Like, here's the characters getting ready. Yeah, you know. because they have to at the beginning of the Battle of the Five, Ar- Five Armies, they have to deal with Smaug. They have to uh, they and then especially because you don't know you don't know that the Arkenstone's been found. Bilbo has that motherfucker. He just doesn't want to give it to, to Thorin because he doesn't know what Thorin's going to do with it. Well, because the sickness came over him. Because mm-hmm. he even pulled a, not even pulled a, a sword on him, and he was like, "Where is the Arkenstone? Did you find it?" And he's like. You know, Bilbo's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I got it, dude, but I don't know if I want to give it to you because it's kind of making me go a little fucking yeah, crazy. What is it? Balin? Balin's the one that tells him, like, if someone hypothetically found it, would you think it'd be a good idea to give it to him? And Balin was like, no. Yeah. You know, he was like, he, he's he, like, it's a sickness. It's a sickness that's mm-hmm. fallen over this gold. G- agreed greed's a big part of these movies because always like the Lord of the Rings is about greed. It's about Mm -hmm. possession. And so is this. Yeah. Because that one ring, it was, it was a sickness. That's why Bilbo wanted to get rid of it because he knew that carrying that ring, it's just too much. The, the, the power that it wields 
you know, to the person who, who wields it, you know, it's like, it's just too much. Like you, you regular people can't be trusted with that shit. Yeah. The overall you know? burden ended up falling to Frodo, which is the last person Bilbo wanted to fall to. But yeah. He knew that the only person he could probably trust with that damn thing would be his, his nephew. Yeah. It would be you Frodo. Know? It would but be Frodo. That's the last person he actually wanted to, to, you know, set that burden to. Yeah. But, and, and especially because they thought that like, when well, you know, I was like, well, Gandalf, you can take it. You're a wizard. He was like, no, 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 like, you do, do not tempt me. Yeah. <laughs> Frodo Baggins. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he gets, shit got really real in a hurry. As soon as he was like, well, you know, you could take it. And he's like, no, I cannot. <laughs> he was like, I would try to use it for good. But the ring, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, you know, I would, you it's know. like in my hands, if it corrupted me. Yeah. If, if, if darkness if that ring corrupted Gandalf like the everybody doomed. is fucked because he's the light in the world like he's the he's the light spirit you know yeah I mean he's basically like he's what he does is basically to protect the world from evil and if he's corrupted by evil then it's like well fuck we have no hope left because Gandalf is corrupted now like nobody yeah. wants to see that shit that's would why you Gandalf's say all like, hope no. would be gone yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um, maybe that's what that Slipknot album is about. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know when you know, Corey Taylor's just like you know chilling at his house, and he's just kind of like, you know what, I got an idea for a song. I was watching the Lord of the Rings, and just I thought of something, and I was like, like what I think this would be pretty cool to write a yeah. song about. You know? <laughs> it's like you wrote a song about Gandalf. It's like yeah, but nobody's gonna think of it like that. It's yeah, I don't. Different. I don't say the word Gandalf. I, mean, I don't say it. Gandalf anywhere in the song, but it's like you could we could relate this to Gandalf. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but. It, I people that did not understand why Tariel was here. It, that was one thing that I saw that people were like, this character is not in the book. This character is not in the book. Why is there this female elf? And why the fuck does she care about a dwarf? Why does she give a shit about Keely? Why does she have a relationship with Keely? And it's like, she doesn't really have like a relationship with Keely, but she, I mean, it's not like she ever has any, does anything romantic with them. I mean, she basically, he starts telling her stories out, you know, when she's sitting outside of his prison cell and she kind of has like a bond with him, you know, yeah, it's she's like, fascinated. Yeah. She's fascinated because she's like, she's she really likes him because around. he's a good dude. Yeah. He's not like an asshole. He's not like, you know, lashing out against her. They just, they just happened to get caught by the elves and then Thorn wouldn't make a deal because he was basically like, no, Thranduil, when we needed your help and we were, we were hungry and we were homeless and we were, we were, you know, we had to leave the mountain and the the dragon took everything from us. You turned your back and you walked away. So Thorin's like, no, you can take your offer and shove it up your ass. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to lock you back up in jail and you can just sit here and rot until you know we figure we're going to do something else with you. And so Keeley's like, well, fuck, okay. So he's not lashing out against them. And he's also fascinated by Taro because he's probably never seen a female elf like her before. And it's True Evangeline ass. Lily. So he's like looking, he's like, damn, she's fine. So... She's fascinated by him because he's not he he actually takes the time to like actually try to talk to her. He's not, you know, he doesn't It's not bitter. He's not bitter about the fact that he got locked up. I mean, they're all feel pretty bad about it, but they figure like, well, we we do have one ace up our sleeve because we, you know, they didn't capture Bilbo, so they're thinking, well, maybe Bilbo might be able to help us. That's one their one ace in the hole is that they do have, you know, yeah, Bilbo. Yeah, cuz Thorin actually says it himself and he was like 
it's like, you know, you know, we're there, all, well, there goes our only hope. You know, our only like, hope was to make a deal with the king. And he's like, that's not our only hope. Not our only hope. Because <laughs> uh, he still knew that Bilbo <laughs> was He still hoping Bilbo would come, come save him. And, and he them. does. Yeah, which he uh, does because he's a badass. He's awesome. But, uh, but Steals it's like, keys from elves, you know, goes, frees all the doors and escapes in barrels. You know, yeah. typical Bilbo shit. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, badass shit. That's mm-hmm. what that's what Bamps do. Bamps, badass motherfuckers. That's yeah. what they do. Like Samuel Jackson. Yeah. If you looked at Bilbo's wallet, it would just it's say bad, bad motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've um, seen it. I've seen but, it. But uh, but yeah, it's like you know, everybody was like bitching, complaining about like why is there like this relationship between Toriel and Killy? And it's like, yeah, I mean, she never kisses them. They never have anything romantic. She just kind of feels for him because she she understands him more than she understands the other doors. But also, just tell me, you wouldn't watch those two bang? I mean, I mean, you know, it's like that would be an interesting child, wouldn't it? If you actually had a child that was like half or half elf and half dwarf, it'd be a like an elf with a beard. Yeah, it would be like it would be like the first elf with a beard. With the beard, because the elves be like, don't grow facial hair. <laughs> yeah, they don't, man. They like it's like once they it's like they never actually reach puberty, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're always stuck in that like preteen, like no facial hair phase, right? <laughs> but it's uh, like it's like uh, you know, pure Native Americans or whatever. A lot of those don't, you know, a lot of them didn't. They didn't grow really facial grow beards. Hair. They grow their hair long, you know, their their regular hair, but they wouldn't really grow beards. But uh, you know, it's like when she she knows that he, because like when they capture the one orc and you know they're basically like, you know, holding him with a dagger and all that kind of stuff. And they're interrogating him and stuff. And he was like, uh, it's like 13 doors. And he was like, no, he was like one less. He was like, uh, he's like, I stuck that one with a Morgul blade, you know, and, uh, that kind of stuff. And then Tariel's like, Oh shit, that means he's poisoned. You know, it's like, that's Killy. That's the one that I talked to. Like, Tariel's yeah, she like, goes shit. to almost kill him. And then, uh, Thandriel's like, no, leave. Yeah. You know? And then, um, Thandril asks him a couple questions and he says, I'll let you live. He and I'll free you if, uh, you answer him. And he answered him and then he started saying something else. And then Thandril just cut his head off. Right. I thought you said you would, you would, you would, you would, uh, you would be freed if you, if you, you know, <laughs> he's like, he I, I did. I freed his head from his miserable body. <laughs> yeah, I freed his head from his miserable shoulders. And, uh, <laughs> I freed his miserable head from his wretched shoulders. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then his fucking head just kind of rolls off onto the floor. And, just kind of like, oh man, like, come on, dad. Somebody's really? got to clean that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Think about the guy who's got to clean that shit up. Come on, man. I know. <laughs> I know Bill. Yeah. He's got to clean this shit up, dad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're gonna we're we're gonna need a uh, cloth over here and a and a mop. Uh, we're gonna have to clean up all this blood from this orc that Dad decided he wanted to be. Bill's like it's orc blood. This shit's hard to get off the floor. Yeah, and all of our shit's wooden, man. We built all of our shit out of wood. Now we're I'm gonna, gonna have fucking be here all night. Yeah, I'm gonna be here all night cleaning this bullshit. <laughs> That that should have been a side story. If they showed the fucking elf that had to go clean the you the, son of a the bitch. orc blood. Fucking kings, they, yeah. they can just. 
behead everyone anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you guys realize how ancient this fucking wood is. Like, orc blood doesn't come out of this shit either. I'm going to have to just repaint this shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, I'm just going to have to just repaint it green or something. Yeah. Just so Thrandy Wheel doesn't know. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you did a very good job right. cleaning that orc blood from the you know, from in front of my throne. Thank you, my king. Yeah, thank you, king. Uh, you know, uh, it was it was hard work, but it, it it's all for a good cause. It's all for a good don't cause. step on that for the next two hours. Why? Um. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I, I use some um some ancient uh, cleaning herbs, and it's uh, it will cause a reaction to your skin if you touch it. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll just go eat some cheese then. I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I don't want to get my fucking head lopped off (laughs) because he always does it right here. Yeah. Like right in front of his throne. Like what dude, you have to sit here and and be awesome. Ed's going to have to clean this shit up. If I get beheaded. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to get my head cut off because I know the next thing's going to have to deal with that shit. You know? (laughs) Oh man. Uh, The adventures of middle earth. (laughs) Of of Bill, the elven janitor. He just walks out. He has like a fucking mechanics jumper on, and he's got like a Alabama hat. He's got on. like an Alabama hat on. How y'all doing? Oh, oh damn it! Blood, man, I can't get this shit out of here. Come on, man. <laughs> damn, man, it's like Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, he just you're good. He just, he just he has like a he has a fucking um, he has a denim vest on and shirtless <laughs> corduroy hair. jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's got uh, he's got jorts on, you know. Jorts. You guys got jean shorts on and flip flops. Yeah. Oh man, that's basically like that's like everybody that goes to Talladega, isn't it? <laughs> Hell yeah, two hundred miles and turn left. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And left turns are hard as fuck. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to do it like so many damn times a lap, you know. No, and if they threw a right in there every now and then, those motherfuckers would crash. Yeah. That's why they don't do road courses. Left, 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 right. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, I guess we'll go ahead. Uh, well, I'll do this little this little thing here real quickly to, to do this point because it's a smaller point. And then, and then we'll get to the ending, right? We'll get to the ending. Sure. The so, um, the smaller one, uh, people... Whenever I'm going through the comments, the one of the things that I saw like repeatedly, besides you know, why does the female elf have a relationship with the dwarf? Like people hated that shit, and then all these different things that people wanted to bitch about. They wanted to bitch about Bayorn and all these different things. One thing that I saw in almost nearly every comment is, why the fuck is this an action movie? Why the fuck is this an action movie? Everything they do in this movie is lead to an action scene. You know, all this kind of stuff. People were just really fucking aggravated about that. So I was like, I figure we have to talk about it too since everybody else brings it up. So it says, these Hobbit movies don't linger um, and characters and scenes are abridged in all the wrong places in order to make time for a pervasive and repetitive chase scenes. Even when there isn't a chase scene, they are added. Jackson seems to have taken every scene in the book and asked the question, how can I make a battle or a chase scene out of this? The film leapt from one unrelated action sequence to another relentlessly with no concern for authenticity or continuity of story. Beheadings, stabbings, arrows through the eye and face, and any amount of violence. But I guess they think it's okay because there's no sex or swearing. (laughs) Um, 
I mean, I don't know about you, but if you watch this movie and if you don't get if you don't get the same satisfaction of sex from seeing Legolas basically shoot arrows through multiple people at once, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the sex in this movie is how Legolas kills people. It's it's fucking amazing. I was about <laughs> to say, I mean, Legolas is sex. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't it isn't it crazy how they found like two people that look almost they, they almost look like they are related in mm-hmm. Lee Pace and Orlando Bloom because they have the same fucking eyebrows. They almost have the same like facial structure and everything. Like they they definitely do look like they could be father son or you know, like brothers or something like that. Cause they're actually close enough in age that they actually could be brothers. Yeah. But you know, but that's the thing is like, um, it, it, I think as far as like people saying that it's like, why are these Hobbit movies like full of like chase sequences? I, I don't know if I have to explain this because I, I feel like it should be self-explanatory. The dwarves are on the run and most of the fucking world hates them. Right. Like most of the people hate the dwarves because of shit that happened in the past, you know, like Thorin's grandfather went fucking crazy when he got the Ark and Stone. He was greedy and he was an asshole, and he brought all that bullshit on him, and all these different things. It's like the dwarves don't like the the uh, or the elves don't like the dwarves. The orcs are fucking chasing them the entire movie because right. they want to kill them. Vengeance. So yeah, because they want to get vengeance against them because their their kind was slaughtered in those battles back in the day by dwarves, you know. Um, uh, Smaug hates the dwarves like a lot. That's why he fucking ate most of them and burned the other ones alive. You know, well because he claims they're greedy. Yeah, but and, yeah, uh, he's but yet he lays in a fucking pile of coins like Scrooge McDuck. That, that's what he means. I mean, he they're greedy because they want to take his money, which is actually their money. Yeah, um, it's and like, he is the richest on stream screen dragon. Of all time, yeah. How much? How much money do you think is in that? It was. It was. I seen that it was estimated to be like sixty three billion in gold. Damn. Damn. In gold. (laughs) In gold. Like if that was that's not like Middle Earth billions. That's like that's like Earth billions. Earth billions. Okay. So yeah, he would have. The dwarves had a lot of fucking money, man. Yeah, he would have been the richest dragon. Ever. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, he bathed in that shit for, like, years. Right. <laughs> yeah, you want to like, talk sleeping about... in it. Yeah, he just sleeps in fucking coins. Like, who does that? Like, that can't be good for your scales if you're a dragon. Must you get, be great. Because you get coins. It's like sand. It, you know, it gets in all the cracks and crevices. He must love it in all the cracks. Right. <laughs> yeah, Smaug's a slut. <laughs> exactly. Just rub that shit on my body. Smells gold digger. Yeah, right. Exactly. It'd be one of those things where it's like the the doors are running around and they're like, "Did you see? Did you see coins fall out of Smog's asshole?" It's like, yeah, apparently he's been putting coins in his ass. Don't ask. <laughs> Don't ask why. <laughs> he was like, nobody can steal my nuggets. Yeah, right. I'm gonna put some of these coins up my ass so they'll never find it. Yeah, uh, it's like uh, how to watch up my ass. You're right. Yeah. So I can bring it to you. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll take a, another little short break here. And then when we come back, we'll talk about the ending of the movie and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Yeah. We'll okay. wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yep. Um, Which was yeah. Nike, right? Was uh, Nike. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. By the new Beyond the Hate shoes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any. We don't have. We don't have a hookup like that. Uh, that'd be badass, though, if it's like we, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, have some Beyond the Hate shoes. Beyond the Hate, like you know, custom Nike ID shit. Like you yeah, go and yeah, you can yeah. customize it with the Beyond the Hate logo. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty that'd cool. be awesome. Nike, we're throwing you out some ideas here. (laughs) 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 It took every fiber of my being, not the spit take on my computer. Oh, God. I don't have a beer on my computer, do I? No. No, I I think I'm all right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, okay, you'll survive. (laughs) I think there's dog hair on here, though, but okay. That's just expected to see house. Uh, I'm a dog. <laughs> I'm a dog lover. <laughs> Philosophers and dog lovers. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, it was actually boy lovers, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so aside from me almost dying right there. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why sometimes it's like I have to wait until Steve's making a serious point before I drink something because... He'll say something, and then I want to laugh so bad that I don't want to spit take all over my computer and the (laughs) microphone and everything else. So I have to wait until he's doing something serious where I'm not in danger of, like, laughing while I'm, you know, drinking the show's beer, you know. Uh, But anyway. (laughs) uh, It's not your father's root beer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All over your computer. It's so good, you want to bust it all over your computer. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that's appropriate for a beer. Eh, we'll use it, though. Um, but, uh, okay, so the uh, people really fucking hated the ending of this movie um, uh, because none of this shit happens in the book, right? Like that's Is that's, that all they got to say? Yeah, everybody's like, this shit didn't happen in the book. This wasn't how it happened in the book. Unfortunately, that's just going to be a way of life. We're going to have to deal with that as is as we deal as we deal with the um, Battle of the Five Armies. That's going to be uh, it's going to probably be something that comes up on that too. Is that this didn't happen in the book? Um, <laughs> Thank God the ending didn't happen like it did in the book because I mean, all Bilbo does sit on top of a hill and watch his friends die. Yeah, 
and then come Eat back Eat an down. apple like a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, if that's how a movie ended, it'd be like, wait, the main character's just gonna sit there? Yeah. Seriously? That's bullshit. But just, we'll save that for the next film, but seriously, yeah. that would have been the worst. That would have been the absolute worst. People would have, like, literally thrown shit at the screen. Yeah, I was like, really? That. That's all you're gonna do? You're the hero of the story, Bilbo. It's named after gonna- you. You're just going to sit there? You're going to tell Frodo that you were a punk bitch and let the dwarves do everything? <laughs> yeah, and let your friend die. And then yeah. you go in there it's like, we're friends. He's like, yeah, we are. Where were you when I was dying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I came after. I seen you, you know, I seen you die. You guys won though, right? No, I didn't win. I'm fucking dead. Right? <laughs> I'm fucking dying, man. <laughs> it's like, do you have strength? Yes, I have strength. I have a lot of strength. Well, you could have fucking held next. <laughs> you could have fucking killed something. To help us, you know, shit. What the um, fuck did we give you that sword for? Give me that sword back. You fucking loser. <laughs> fucking pussy. You're right. Um, little bitch hobbit. Right. Little that would have been, been the worst. Yeah, people would have hated <laughs> that shit. Fucking worst movie ever. Uh, but it says, uh, so it, we'll, we'll go into the comment here. It says, uh, Thor and the dwarves should have, have, should have never entered the cave, and the attempt with the gold made no sense. Uh, not to mention, they completely slaughtered Smaug's speech by breaking it up and destroying the power that it should have portrayed. Also, uh, Smaug was not uh, was not to even see Bilbo until the very end of the speech. Instead, Bilbo's location was known the whole time, defeating the purpose of the ring aspect and Smaug never uh, and Smaug never smelling Hobbit before. The ending of this movie never happens in the book. The last 15 minutes of this film is a drawn-out action sequence with the dwarves and Bilbo battling Smaug inside the mountain. In the book, the dwarves never engage Smaug at all. The long, straight secret tunnel leading to the hidden door is not long or straight at all in the film. Then, in uh, more not-from-the-book drama, it would seem that hiding behind a a sliver of stone will shield people completely from uh, nearby Dragonfire. Dragonfire, which is in all caps. Uh, which apparently doesn't get you if you turn the corner or jump off the cliff in the nick of time. The doors were portrayed in the book as being a little cowardly, very greedy, and bumbling. In the movie, they are like a pack of Jackie Chans with beards. <laughs> Even t- <laughs> I copied that line just for Steve because it made me laugh out loud. Like That's good. <laughs> I would like to see Jackie Chan in this. Well, yeah, he would be a badass dwarf. Uh, uh, in the movie, they are like a pack of Jackie Chans with beards, even taunting the dragon to chase to chase them through the halls of Erebor to catch him in a trap. To top it all off, the ending was cut as uh, Smaug is flying away towards Lake Town. There was no battle, no burning of the city, no Smaug getting shot in the in the breast by Bard and thus falling into the lake, causing it to billow up in a cloud of steam. Oh, well, he was just complaining about a non-ending. Yeah. Because there's a third one. Yeah. There's That's, a third part. If you... If which you, all those things you just said happen. Oh, Smaug gets his. He get, he gets fucked up in the next By movie. Bard. Yeah. Because Legolas left. Right. <laughs> well, we'll just reiterate the fact that if Legolas had been there... It, he if, Legolas the and, if you have Legolas and Tariel stay in Lake Town... Uh, Smog would get fucked up. I yeah, mean, he he would have been he would have been doing his thing. He would have done some damage. He he definitely would have done some damage. He would Smog would have fucked shit up. Yeah, but 
Legolas would have turned around and said, oh, a dragon? Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll chase Bog in a minute. Okay, let's see. Right. Oh, there's a skill missing. Boom. Okay, now I'm going to go chase this one. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I just missed 20 seconds. I need to catch up. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Hope you're a fast horse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's the thing, I think, about when people watch this shit, especially if they've, if they've read the, the Hobbit book, is they're like, you know, they're like the, the, the dwarves never engage Smaug in the book. And it's like. Okay, so you're going to have a, a whole movie that's called The Desolation of Smaug, and you have this story about the dwarves trying to get back into Erebor. And you're not going to have them actually have to deal with the dragon at all? Yeah. And- Imagine how much how much of, of a blue balls that would be to not see the dwarves engage Smaug and fight him. Yeah, and then they're like, well, the they can just hide behind pillars and that blocks Dragonfire. It's like, well, it's not any pillars. It's fucking dwarven built pillars. It's like dwarven stone. Like yeah. that shit is <laughs> that shit is designed to fucking hold up a mountain. <laughs> yeah. You ever played Skyrim? J.R. Tolkien ripped the fuck out of Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if we get sued by the Tolkien estate, you'll know exactly which episodes it was. <laughs> We're just kidding. We know Skyrim's basically the Lord of, Lord of the Rings without the license. It's basically fan fiction, you know? Yeah, it's, but it's great. It, no. Bethesda, you don't sue us either because you guys are great. I mean, it's a totally different story. But and we'll probably eventually do an episode on Skyrim. Because we just like to talk about it. Yeah, it just it just two and a half hours of me and Steve just talking about mm-hmm. shit we did in Skyrim. That's enough to fill two and a half hours yeah, and we can, we can throw it. in some hate too <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah i, think it's I like, killed gandalf in skyrim yeah i i did i've I fought a i've killed a lot of wizards and necromancers yeah. like especially necromancers i think there was uh, there was one guy that walked up to me and he was like uh uh i'm on a journey to a wedding or whatever and it gave you the option to say oh we'll have a good trip or Give me everything you own. Right. And I was like, give me everything you own. <laughs> and he was like, oh no, bodyguard. <laughs> he took off running. Oh yeah, that ties into the uh, end of the Dark Brotherhood because <laughs> the wedding that they're going to is Vittoria Vici's. Right, yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. You have to murder Vittoria Vici uh, in the Dark Brotherhood quests. Yeah. Right, as they haven't even started doing the Dark Brotherhood. But that's tied into that. They're going to that wedding. If you do yeah. the Dark Brotherhood, that's the wedding that that person's going to. And I was like, give me all your <laughs> shit. And he was like, oh, no. And he's like, bodyguard. And the bodyguard's like, hey, stop. And I'm like, pap, pap. And I like, hit him like four arrows, and he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And the other guy's like running off. And I was like, that's funny. I'm not going to chase him. Yeah. Probably doesn't have shit good anyway. Yeah, he's a bodyguard. He's probably going <laughs> to get paid for the shit anyway. Uh, it's so hilarious. But it, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you know, they it's the whole thing like they can they can hide behind the the pillars and then you know, Smaug's fire doesn't do anything to them. It's like, well, yeah, because it would be designed to be able to handle shit like that. Yeah, if it was some random pillars not building built by dwarves right then i would say yeah that's kind of bullshit but just because it was built by dwarves yeah i i, I think it can block yeah it can it be able to withstand that kind of shit i mean yeah, that, i mean that it holds can, up a mountain yeah exactly yeah i mean you, so it can draw it can block dragon fire you use a little common sense there if you can yeah. hold up an entire mountain because they're you know, mining it Mm-hmm. So these pillars are holding up mountains as you're hollowing it out and mining the resources. Yeah, so it can it can probably shield dragon fire. Right. And it's like 
you know, the, the people like nitpick about like some of the craziest shit. And it's like saying that like, you know, the, the, the dwarves are a bunch of Jackie Chan's with beards. And it's like, people always have this weird thing about the dwarves where they're like, why are the dwarves like just like, they're just awesome for like no reason. And it's like, I don't think Thorne would have taken these guys if they didn't have some measure of skill. Like they all have something that's good about them. Like, you know, whether they're warriors or, you have like Balin, who's like, you know, he's like the, the elder dwarf. So he has all the knowledge and he can guide them in the right direction. I mean, he's a pretty good fighter in his own right. And he you kinda, know? He, he's kind of the leader of the dwarves after Thor, Thorin dies too. Right. You know, because he's the one in the Lord of the Rings when you go to the caves. He's the one in the tomb. Yeah. And then Ori's the one that, you know, in the scribe that he reads or whatever. So he does end up being a leader for the dwarves because mm-hmm. he kind of always was. Yeah, because because yeah. Wallen was, uh, he's he's like I think he's supposed to be like he's supposed to be the oldest dwarf there, right? Isn't yeah. he? Isn't he like Thorin's uncle? Um, I think so. Yeah, because he's related to them. Yeah, I'm pretty and sure then, he's like Thorin's uncle or something. And then like Feely uh, is the he's the next descendant down from Thorin. Yeah, and Feely and Feely then and then Keely's like uh, he's the other one, but I think Keely's the younger brother. So Keeley could be king at some point right. if Feely dies. But yeah, it's like Feely's actually like the next in line underneath uh, Thorin to well, take over the throne. You guys haven't watched the third one. We have some sad news for you there. Yeah. But spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're on part two of this and you haven't actually seen the Hobbit movies, it's like, come on, man, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Watch the shit. They all die. But uh <laughs> yeah. Um but there's a there's that part in this movie before they even before they even get into the mountain where um, they're they're they've kind of given up because they're like shit we're not gonna be able to find it and then Bilbo's thinking like you know wait is there something else to this puzzle is there something else to this because that's what like, he's really good at yeah he's really good at being able to figure out things is he's like he's really good at puzzles that's why he that's why he like he like basically mind fucked Gollum because Gollum had no clue what he was talking about. What's in my yeah, pocket. yeah, what's in my pocket? And it was like that you're cheating, you can't do that. No, 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 no. Yeah. I said, any question. Yeah. yeah. Uh so he's pretty good at being able to understand like riddles and like, you know, the, the understanding last night, the, the moonlight. The moonlight. <laughs> the moonlight, you know, it's the last light of Durin's day. And then it shows where the keyhole is, and then he yes, the off- moonlight. Yeah, and he's like, "Where's the key? Where's the key?" And, he, and then he, he kicks the key, it. and then Thorin has to like get the he has to get the, the 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 rope, the necklace of it. Yeah, and he like picks it up or whatever. And it's like okay, and then there's that moment when they he like unlocks the door and they push it open and it swings, and there's like that moment where uh, Bwalin is like he. He's on the verge of crying because yeah. he knows how much work they've had to do to get to this point and to finally be able to actually walk into their home. Like, if you don't get a little bit emotional because of the shit that these doors have to go through just to fucking get into the mountain, if you don't even think about the fact that there's a fucking dragon down there, like, sleeping in the coins, right? And the fact that they actually got back into their homeland, they got back into the mountain. And they can actually see Erebor again. It's pretty emotional because of all the shit they've had to go through. It's like when it, it's almost like when you're in the Lord of the Rings trilogy and Frodo finally gets to Mordor 
and he gets to where he can, you know, do the thing with the ring. You're like, dude, look at all the fucking shit you had to do to get into Mordor. Like you've almost died like countless times, you know? I mean, you basically like turned your back on like your best friend. And because he's like, you know, best friend forever, he fucking comes back, even though you were an asshole to him, you know, all the shit that happens. And it's like, as soon as they get to Mordor, it's kind of like, okay. Oh man. Yeah. It's like, After it's he saves Frodo. And uh, Frodo's like, you came back for me. And he was like, he was like, Gandalf told me not to leave your side. And Frodo, I don't mean to. Yeah. I don't mean to. And then Frodo's just like fucking balling. Uh, yeah, he's like, and so he was like, dude, I was a fucking asshole to you, man. Like, <laughs> and you still came you back still and saved my life. And he was slaughtering those orcs on the way up there, too. Like, Sam was like not giving a fuck. He was no. going up those steps and he was killing every orc on the way up. And I mean, he's just a gardener. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the dude that you would get to plant your petunias, and yeah. he's over there going ham on some orcs. Still, my probably one of my favorite characters in the whole series. Like, oh, uh, Sam, Sam is the real MVP. Yeah, he he is. Fro- <laughs> even Frodo says that he was like, I I wouldn't have made it out of the Shire without you. Yeah, he wouldn't have. No, I mean, he needed someone. I mean, he carried the burden, but he needed Sam there. Yeah. Uh because Sam was the one thing that kept them going. Yeah. But it's like, it's it's pretty emotional whenever they finally get to see Erebor and you get to see the door's reaction because, you know, especially for somebody like like, like Wallen or somebody like Thorin, it's like they haven't seen this thing in like, what, 60 years? They've spent 60 years. Yeah. Some of those guys haven't even seen it ever. Yeah. Some of those. Like Ori, some of the, like Ori's never seen some it. Some of the younger dwarves, yeah, they were born after their kingdom was destroyed. And yeah. So Feely and Keely, I don't think they've ever seen it. They're too young. They've never, yeah, they, they've, they've never seen it, but their, their ancestors have. Their ancestors live there. So for some of these guys that, knew what it was and they knew what it looked like and just how magnificent fucking Erebor is. Cause like when you get to see this thing, you know, from the inside, you're like, holy shit. Like even when you see it in the very, very first movie, when they're doing the prologue and they're talking about how everything started and stuff, and you get to see how awesome this place looked years and years ago when they were, the doors were building their kingdom and becoming rich and all this sort of stuff. And then being able to go back into it and you're like, fuck even though it's like it's like run down, no, nobody's been in there but Smaug for sixty years, and he's basically just been asleep in the coins, you know, for all that time. It's still fucking impressive just to see how right. massive that fucking mountain is, and to see all of the shit that the doors built, you know, and then to see their reaction to it, like it's it's like it's pretty emotional, especially like 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 Wallen, he's basically like on the verge of crying because he knows how much it means to them, you know. And it's like, and some of these younger kids have never actually seen this place. They don't have any idea how magnificent it fucking is. They've only heard about it in stories that we've told them, you know? And so that's why I think that, like... Uh, that actor that plays Bowen is one amazing actor. Oh, he's play. great in this Dude's, movie, man. Yeah, because he's one of the dwarves that actually does get a lot of speaking time. And he gets a lot of emotion, too. Yeah. Like, in, in the story, he's him and, like, uh, Martin Freeman. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like emotional key pieces in these mm-hmm. these movies, uh, and and Thorin to a degree, but Thorin is still kind of focused on the mission. Sometimes anger, yeah, his Greek anger is mainly, what fuels though, him. yeah, anger. So it's really not noble, but they do know that the dragon needs to be defeated, right? 
And that's the thing I think about this movie. Like when people were talking about, like you know, this is uh, you know the whole thing with they they try to destroy him with the uh, the gold. Like they had the statue, but because they didn't, you know, they didn't give it time to to settle into like an actual like a solid block of gold. It it melted, and that was part of the trap because they were trying to to catch Smaug, and they thought that if they could catch him in the smelted gold, that it would it would basically burn him up, or he would. Or it would solidify and like kill him by trapping him in the gold, and it, it didn't work. And people were like, "The whole thing with the gold was was retarded. Why did they do that? That was stupid." It's like, well, when you think about how fucking big Smaug is, and how heavy gold is, how heavy way. gold is. If you actually, if that actually worked, and they could subdue him long enough that he would, he would basically be killed in that giant block of gold. That probably would have worked if they'd been able to subdue him, but he didn't have enough damage, and he was able to fly out. His wings still work, and so if his if his wings didn't really work worth a damn, he wouldn't have been able to get out of that. He basically would have been grounded. He would have died in that gold. It was a good idea. It just didn't work out. Yeah, and that's the thing. People always in movies they're like, "Well, that was stupid because it didn't work." It's like a lot of times shit in movies doesn't work. Just like in real life, plans that you come up with don't fucking work out. So you have to improvise and come up with some different shit, you know? Actually, a lot of times in movies, everything works perfectly, and that's kind of annoying because that's not really real. That's not really how it would go. Like, I think, like, something like John Wick, the reason that people like that so much is because of how often, like, other things um, wouldn't work in actual action movies, like... John Wick doesn't give you an option to think that it couldn't have worked. Like they do it differently in those type of movies. And that's, you know, but things do fail in real life or how, you know, this is, this isn't real life. I mean, but they also try to make it real. So you'll like suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Cause you're thinking like, Basically, what they're trying to do is they're they're trying to use their knowledge of the forge to try and use the forge to kill him, which is a good idea because it's like you don't really have any weapons in there. Really, the only idea they have. Yeah, they don't really have anything else that is large enough to make that much of an impact. But their forge is pretty big, so if they could use the forge in a way to kill him, that's about the only thing they've really got. Because running around and just hitting him in the ankle with axes and shit, that's not going to do anything. He'll just fucking smack you. It's not like you just like fucking. Start shooting them with machine guns and shit. Right, they ain't got that kind of shit, man. You don't have. I mean, you don't have bazookas. They yeah. don't have missiles. Like, what the fuck? You supposed to fucking come take on, out a motherfucker? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend, and he just takes Smiles out. Just kind of like sitting there, is like seriously, seriously, okay. bullets, bullets. It's like you do know that my fucking whole body's made out of armor, right? Like these scales are basically armor. And then he just <laughs> falls back to sleep in the gold. Yeah. Wait until they run out of ammo and then kill them all. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot up. you fuckers were here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. It's time to get some uh, some of the old fireball going. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, looks like I'm gonna have barbecue dwarf today. Yeah. So you know it, it's. It, People always complain about stuff like that because they're like, that plan was stupid. It's like, well, then what the fuck are they supposed to do? Do you have anything else that you can use as a trap in there? I mean, the Erebor was not designed to be a giant trap for a dragon. It wasn't. It was designed to be a city where they would fucking live. You know, they. I mean, it's not like uh, going back to Skyrim. 
Like in Skyrim, there is a thing in Dragon's Reach that is designed to be a trap for dragons because it locks them in place. They can't fly. They can't use their wings. You know, like when you're doing the main quest and they're like, we need you to lure a dragon here. You know, so they, you lure the dragon in and then when it flies in, they have that like wooden mechanism that locks around them and they can't move. You know, that is purposely built to contain and house a dragon. Erebor is not. It's a fucking city. It's designed, for, it's designed to be a place for them to live. It's designed for clubbing. Right. <laughs> oh, Dwarven, Dwarven clubs would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Imagine the parties and all the bearded debauchery that would go on. Yeah. But how many vampires would would be there would blade show up um will there be some vampiric dwarves vampire dwarves i don't know like that would be that'd be interesting that'd be like a weird mixture of things and then you know? blade shows up and he's like bloodbath bloodbath um right <laughs> the doors are like there's no vampires here what are you doing um <laughs> my bad i got the wrong mountain <laughs> i was gonna say are is this the conor mcgregor dwarves right <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, I know they're supposed to sound like Scottish and, you know, my, my, I can't really do a Scottish accent very well. It's so. pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're from America. We're not that yeah. good with accents, but you know, no. um, we leave that to the English people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> who can do like every accent for some reason. Yeah. It's just, I just, they're just born that way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I think that as far as like the ending of this movie where, Smaug is is heading to Lake Town to basically just lay waste to the entire place, you know? Um, It's interesting because, like, people had comments about Bard, and and people were like, oh, Bard wasn't really like how he was written in the book, but I was like, not as many people focused on Bard. Like, some people just ignored Bard and didn't say anything about him, so I was like, you know, I feel like we would probably mention Bard, but he doesn't really... How do you ignore Luke Evans? Yeah, like Luke Evans is pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, people had issues with like Bard and they had issues with like Lake Town and like some of the stuff that they did. And it's like, yeah, but it's like Bard's story really pays off in the next movie when he when he does take, you know, Smaug out. You know, spoilers, Smaug dies. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> um, so, yeah, but... It, you know, it's like the ending of this movie, especially when you know that he's flying towards Lake Town and they do have that lance. They have that wind lance and they have one black arrow left. And you're like, shit, if Bard can get that black arrow into that soft spot in his belly, you know, then that's it's going to be game over for Smaug because he's probably not going to be able to survive because he's got that chip in his scales. And the dwarves are like, no, nah, that's bullshit. They didn't do any damage to him. And it's like, no, it's like my ancestor knocked a piece of that of that scale out. So he he has a weakness. We have a spot we can kill him. You know, you just got to get a good shot at him, you know. But uh, but yeah, like the ending of this movie, it's like as soon as as soon as he starts flying towards Lake Town, you have this tremendous when you're like watching this, especially in the theater, because you're like. Oh man, Lake Town is fucked. Like they are done. <laughs> There's how right. are gonna deal with this? And then it just it just cuts to credits, and you're like, oh no 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 don't don't leave it right here. We want to see them. We want to see them deal with Smaug. And then Peter Jackson's like, nah, nah, nah you, you guys got to wait till the third part, and then everything pays off. Yeah, the last words of this film is Martin Freeman saying, "What have we done?" Yeah, exactly. You know, 
Because they, they've unleashed the beast. And he is headed straight towards Lake Town to fuck shit up. It's like, if you want to have any clue about what he does to towns, just look at what he did to Dale. It's basically just a desolate wasteland. Like, there's nothing left there. He killed everything in that town. It was done, you know. And that was right there in the Valley of the Mountain. So, right. you know, Lake Town is fucked because it's not even built as well as Dale was. I mean, there's just nothing but a bunch of, like, wooden houses on a lake. I mean, they're, they're fucked. Like, that's the thing about, you know, like, when you're watching this, it's like, Smaug is like extremely evil, but he's not even as much of a danger as all of the the orcs and the necromancer and all that shit is. But all that pays off in the third movie, so we got to wait till that, so we get to the Battle of the Five Armies. Yes, we'll talk about that in the next movie, and I think we covered a lot for this movie. Also, you do get to see uh, the locket that has uh, Gimli in it, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah. That that's just I, I've been meaning to say that when we were talking about Legolas earlier, and he like he gets that thing that's like it's like you know what is this mutated creature? And it's like that's my boy Gimli. <laughs> he's like he's like ew, and then the other one's like his wife, and he was like, "What's this creature?" And it's like that's my wife. <laughs> he's like he's like looking at it, and he's like, "Oh God!" And then what's this? <laughs> yeah. And then later on, he would actually end up becoming good friends with Gimli after they yeah. fight together. I bet you that was like a weird moment for Legolas, like when he does meet Gimli. It's like, oh man, that's that that's that guy's retarded son. I, I made fun of him. God, he's even more disgusting in real life. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, but Gimli's like a badass. Yeah, so Gimli's Legolas awesome eventually and they figures get along. that out. Never trust a dwarf. Never trust an elf, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And uh, you guys have any more comments about? what we might have not have discussed on the show, which I feel like we discussed everything. Uh, yeah, we got to basically everything. Yeah, beyond the hate of yahoo.com. If you guys want to have any gripes, complaints, compliments. Um, is there tip a, jar, tip us money. <laughs> is there a way for them to do that yet? Uh, yeah, it should be able to. I have it activated, I think. Okay, um, well, there's a way for you guys to tip, donate to our show. And if you guys do that, you can suggest... Uh, movies and we'll put it on the list or you can suggest beers for us to drink and try and rate or anything like that yeah um we'll you know if we can find them (laughs) if we can find them uh we we have really great liquor store up the road that has almost everything but you guys would have to have patience on that and we just have to put it on the list but beyond the hate of yahoo.com and there should be a way to donate um okay now to the end of the show. We got we're these, in the end game now. <laughs> we're in the end game now. Yeah. Ah, so excited about that. So, um, just to do a little quick thing, see who can read these cards as. Uh, let's say. We'll be like the most intense voice, like Smaug's voice. Smaug. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it as Smaug. Okay. Get down, Smaug. Uh, let's uh, let's name uh, Benedict Cumberbatch movies. Oh, okay. Until one of us can't think of one, which I actually don't know that many. So uh, yeah, this might be a short game here, but uh, okay. So um, the Intimidation game. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, let's see. Uh, is it Avengers? Infinity War. Okay. Um, Doctor Strange. Um, let's see. Uh, 
I think that's about it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, okay. That's it. <laughs> that's the ones I can think of. Other than that, uh, the only thing I had was Sherlock, and I'm pretty sure that that was disqualified. Yeah, because that's a, TV a movie. Show. Okay. <laughs> that was the last thing I had, so I would have fucked up. So, uh, Smaug. Top five greatest dragons. Okay. <laughs> five. Draco. Draco, okay. Dragonheart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, that's old school. Dragonheart. Jesus. That's going back a ways. Four. Elliot. Peach Dragon. Oh, Peach Dragon. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, three. Mushu. Mushu from uh, Milan. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Two. Smaug. Smaug. Okay, well then who's number one? Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. <laughs> Bruce Lee is the dragon. <laughs> Thank yeah. you and good night. And remember, it's all fun and games until we show up. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, Google, iTunes, and many many more uh thank you we're guys for, everywhere we're everywhere you guys want to listen because uh, hate's everywhere we got to be everywhere to stop it we have to be everywhere to stop it hope you guys enjoy peace